With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. Well, and with that, welcome in comments from YouTube. That was um, Krusty Zimmer after last night's Vikings loss against the Green Bay Packers, which ended there. Any hope that they had of getting a playoff spot, they are now out of the playoffs. Purple Daily comments from YouTube brought to you by our friends, sponsored by a Surly Brewing Company. Surly Furious is the Zolgadian beer of choice, but all Surly Brewing, as Declan Goff can tell you, is outstanding. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's true. And also... I want to thank our friends from TCL TV. Enjoy more with a TCL TV. Even if the Vikings are playing bad, they look good, as football always does on a TCL TV. Oh, yeah. All right, Declan Goff, um, one game left. Lots of disgruntled fans. Probably changes coming a week from today after the Vikings have played the last game against the Bears. So let's get right to those comments from YouTube, sir. Yeah, a lot of Kellen Mond discussion. A lot of fans that are also, yeah, just checked out, obviously, and now disappointed that the Vikings have been eliminated from playoff contention, and as you alluded to, basically playing a meaningless uh, preseason exhibition game to wrap things up against the Bears here in a week. So some comments here from YouTube. Uh, if you'd like any of these comments answered going forward on our Ventline episode, just put a little comment on there, uh, and I comb through them uh, the day after a game, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to your comments here. So let's start with CJ. Uh, and I'm curious to your take on this, Judd, because it's, it's a very interesting point from CJ. He says, I feel like the Kellen Mond pick was Rick's simultaneous FU to Zimmer and also his just-in-case pick, quote-unquote, if he got on the hot seat this year. I just want to see Mond succeed. What do you think of CJ's assessment that Kellen Mond was a simultaneous bleep you to Mike Zimmer? Oh, boy. Yeah, this is a very interesting question because I, I think that a lot of people would dismiss it and say, oh, no, that's not the case. And while I certainly can't confirm it, I see the logic there. And I told you last week, Declan, that I think that the decision to bring Kyle Sloter back is partially an F you to Mike hmm. from Rick. Because, I mean, Kyle Slaughter's dad was, like, calling the team about Kyle's use and things like that and defending his kid. And, I mean, this is pro sports. That is not – that that's a college thing, certainly a high school thing. That's not normal in pro sports. And so do I think that Rick lost interest when it came to the draft in making sure Mike got what he wanted all of the time, especially once you got past the first round? Most definitely. 
So FU might be a little bit strong, um, and I certainly couldn't prove that. But, yeah, I think the Mon pick was very much made by Rick. Um, and, and I think that there were a lot of, of signs that pointed to this, where Rick and Mike separately, Dex, were, were marking their territory to try and preserve their own job. And, yeah, I mean, there's no question, I don't think, that Zim would, would have said, we should take a quarterback here. Let's take Mond. So I do think that that was Rick's attempt to um, preserve his own job and say, hey, Wilfs, look, I'm doing something here. I'm drafting a quarterback. Uh, so I think CJ has a point. I don't know how deep it goes, but I would not dismiss what he's saying. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a bleep you to Mike Zimmer. Um you got to remember, too, they traded up to get Mond. They moved up a few picks, I believe, to select Kellen Mond because they had a surplus of those. They had no second-round pick going into that draft. And I believe they had you know a surplus of third, fourth, and fifth. They moved up a few spots to go get Kellen Mond, and they knew he was a project. Um, and even, was it New Algo? Nope, I'm sorry, not that comment. Kevin says, I'll get the New Algo's comment uh, later on in the show, but Kevin says, on the Kellen Mond note, he's a project third-round pick. It's hard to label that a bust when there aren't really big expectations to begin with. And I I love this point from Kevin because we throw out the term bust in a draft like it's black and white. Right. Um when you're a third round pick, I don't like it's hard for you to really even be in bust territory necessarily. It, it, it's hard yeah. for you to like, oh my God, I can't believe they took what because that would have been, you know, in the nineties, right? You're picking in the nineties by the third round. So there's been 90 other players in front of you yeah. that have been selected. So you're not bust. Like when people say even Trey Waynes, okay, Trey Waynes, for example, he's a bust. Well, my kind of thing with the bust is did he earn a second multi-year contract after his rookie deal? Then he satisfied his NFL career. Yeah. That, that's kind of where I look at it. If he, now if he jumps ship, that doesn't make him a bust either. But Troy Williamson was a bust. That's a bust. La- Laquan Treadwell, a bust. Yeah. That's a bust. I'm with you totally. Um, I, I, th- I do agree that, all right, Kellen Mond might be a project. Kellen Mond might not even be the answer for the Vikings. The odds are that he isn't. But I think to call him a bust even just after that pit of performance and even not being like infrastructed, yeah, we don't know. So we don't know. it. I think it's unfair also for fans or even Zimmer, and that's why I think Zimmer's comments are so damning uh, after the game, being like, well, because I see him every day. All he could have said, because what we actually were told, too, was, well, he came in because Sean got banged up right before that series, so he had to come in and play. Why couldn't Zimmer have just literally said, Sean got banged up, and that's why Kellen went in the game? Because he's It's absurd. Because he's petulant. But, yeah, you can't, I mean, the guy has played, you know, one series. We have no idea. We have no idea. And and if you're also saying, Declan, that, like it's hard to call a third round pick a bust. I agree. I mean, a first round pick can be a bust. A second round pick, but I mean, at some point in time, it's not a great. It's not a great pick is one thing to say, or it was a bad pick. Yeah, and that's- but but like you can't. At some point, you get to a you get to. I think that there's a line where bust is too strong because the expectation. Like if you like if you really think, oh, Kellen Mond should be great, you're smoking something, right? Like we have no idea. <laughs> You're right. He's a third-round pick. So, I'm with you. Uh, Blackjack CZ says, Thank God the pain of the season is over, but not starting Mond over Mannion is a crime in itself. Is it a crime in itself to start Sean Mannion over Kellen Mond, Judd? Assuming, too, that Kirk Cousins is unavailable, by the way. Um, Well, first of all, this past game, no. I I will defend it. Look, Kirk Cousins, as far as we know, tested positive on Friday. 
Again, I will say this. I am not putting in Kellen Mond, who has not played. And, and keep in mind, when you are in Mond's role, he is the scout team QB. He does not get reps, okay? So on Friday, before the Packers game, at Lambeau, in the freezing cold, you find out Kirk can't go. I think starting Mond in that game, irresponsible. Now, if you want to prepare Mond and say, let's do this for bleep and giggles at U.S. Bank Stadium, right. give him a full week of practice, um, and you know what? He might fail miserably, but but at least we prepared him. That's a different conversation. But, Declan, if they had come out and said, Kirk can't go, what the hell, let's start Mond. He literally, I mean, they don't, let's be clear here. The big installation days of practices for Sunday game are Wednesday and Thursday. Friday is a much lighter practice, and Saturday is a walkthrough. So are you, like, are we saying he should have started? No. Does that mean that the head coach should essentially um, mock him after the game on Sunday when he played one series? No. Like, there's so there's so little common sense sometimes in how people act about things. Uh, and it's not just fans. I mean, what Mike did... What Mike did was inexcusable because Mike is mad, okay? And he's mad. I I think he's mad at Rick. I think he's mad at Kirk. If you're mad at them, go after them. If Mike Zimmer had gone to the podium last night and said, okay, like like if Courtney asks the mind question, right, Dex? Mm -hmm. And Mike had said, and I am speaking for Mike here, so this is not my viewpoint, but if, if Mike had said, look, Courtney, Going back to training camp, we told Kirk, we need you. Like, and you have to be, we need you. We don't care about your personal beliefs. You're paid really well, and you're a quarterback. We need you to play. You had to get vaccinated. And this dumb bleep didn't didn't do it, right? And he torched Kirk. Mm -hmm. Nobody, like, we all would have been like, oh, wow, that's impressive. But no one would have said, well, that's grossly unfair. Because what he did to Mond was grossly unfair. If you're mad at Rick, torch Rick. I don't give a crap. It'd be great. Rick Spielman has not gotten me enough talent for the last three years, and he signed this dingbat quarterback. You think that's my fault, Courtney? And I would have been like, yeah, Mike, go, Mike, go. You're going to get fired, but go, go, go. Um, And that's that's what lacks so much sense. Why are you lashing out about Kellen Mond? You're mad at people. Tell us who you're mad at. We ain't going to be like, well, Mike, you shouldn't have been mad at Kirk. Give us give us chapter and verse about what's gone wrong. Right. I want to hear it. So that that's what frustrates me is like Kellen Mond ends up being the poor kid in the divorce who doesn't deserve this crap. Right. I agree. Yeah, our, uh, I love our YouTube comments section too here because this is exactly what this show is about. And then it sets off Judd. So this is uh, and, this is all great. Yeah, and, and I just want to be clear here. I'm not mad at the fans. Like, I'm not mad at fans. Correct. Oh, yeah. This is a whole thing of, like, this makes so little sense, I, I this think whole thing. Your, your points are echoing what a lot of these commenters in our YouTube section are saying. And if you are watching this for the first time, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment seven days a week. Um, let's go to Neo Algo here, as I alluded to earlier. He said, I'm starting to think that the Vikings ownership is, in all caps, losing direction and have no clue what they're trying to accomplish with the Minnesota Vikings organization. Judd, are the Wilfs losing direction and have no clue what they're trying to accomplish? Um, The next 10 to 14 days will tell us exactly that.
if they do what they should do a week from today, which is the day after the final regular season game against the Chicago Bears, and they, okay, let's say they kick Rick upstairs, that they have a GM basically set to go, and that that guy is going to to hire the coach, and then the new GM and new coach are going to decide on the direction of the roster, and in particular probably Kirk Cousins' future here. Then they aren't. Um, I am getting the feeling, though, and we, we talked about this, I think it was on Mackie and Judd, I am getting the feeling, though, that the Wilfs are becoming very confused. They're confusing stability with comfort. They think we're stable. Like, we don't fire people. Right. We are, you know? Um, and that's getting comfortable. And comfort in sports is a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. Stability is really good, but stability means success. And so if this is just all about, well, we don't make changes here and we love Rick and, you know, we like our guys, Harrison Smith and Thielen, look what they've given us. That's a level of comfort that you can't afford. So I think the next 10 to 14 days are going to tell us a lot about that question in particular. I like Peter's one here, too. It's an interesting one. He says, I think we should keep Kirk for a year but still draft Malik Willis, who a lot of mock drafters have the Vikings projecting to take as of now. Mock draft season is literally just now yeah. really getting into the forefront. Pro days happen. Oh, stocks that. rise. Stocks fall. Right. Teams mm-hmm. trade up. Teams trade down. You never know where. Like, I, I would actually love to see what is the first mock by Todd McShay on you know January 3rd, which he does. But you're and then right. what is the final one? You're so right. Like uh, Guys will go to pro days. Right. Combine, right? Combine could change like, a lot of Malik, things. Malik Willis could be a top five picker, could be completely out of the first yes. round. We really like the volatility is insane. It's Amen, hilarious. brother. Amen. But Peter says, I think we should keep Kirk for a year and still draft Malik Willis. I wouldn't want to throw Willis to the wolves when he's still raw and hinder his development. Uh, my, I guess, like you could go with a three quarterback room with in this scenario Kirk, Willis, Kellen Mond, but I don't even know. If I'd be curious on, on if who's draft who's making that decision to draft Malik Willis, you know, like I, I think that's such a tough thing to project because I don't see a quarterback room of Kirk and a sophomore and a rookie basically behind him. Right. I don't. I personally don't see right the cohesiveness and how that would work. No, and I don't think Kirk would. Not to dismiss also drafting Malik Willis because if it was right, I don't think the Kirk, right pick. But I don't think Kirk would be the right guy to have be the veteran. In that room, um, I guess my second question is: If you draft Willis, you're not going to extend Kirk. So are you you just going to eat that huge cap hit for 2022? I mean, forty five million dollars. Are you just going to accept that? So, I think if I was going to if I was going to draft a quarterback, if I thought I had found my guy, okay. And this is the big question, and this is what I don't think Rick can do. I don't think Rick can identify this guy. But if you get a GM who can, and Malik Willis is the pick, I would be far more comfortable than trying to trade Kirk. And if I didn't think that my two young, either of my two young quarterbacks were prepared to start decks, I would probably bring in a veteran quarterback to start for a year who was much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to remember if you keep Kirk and you do that, you're entrusting that Kirk is going to be fine. And, and this is not just a Kirk thing. A lot of veteran QBs like Favre and stuff don't embrace that opportunity to, Hey, you're going to replace me and I'm going to help you. (laughs) So I think it's far more important 
Um, if you do draft a quarterback to do everything within your power to help that young man and and having Kirk Cousins as his mentor to me mm-hmm. is not helping that young man. Let's get to some uh, overarching questions and comments here from our YouTube comments section. But before we do that, because this is a lot of work, when you sit down and you start thinking about Judd, of the, of the next moves the Vikings can make, who stays, who goes, who gets cut, who should be brought in, et cetera, what's the first thing that uh, you're grabbing out of your fridge? Oh, I'm going to grab um, a Surly. Okay. And, and I'm going to, let's see, hold on a second here. I'm going to think about what beer I'm going to grab from mm. uh, from my, my vast choices of Surly Brewing. Oh, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be a Surly Furious that I'm going to grab and I'm going to open and I'm going to make the perfect Surly Furious pour. So as I ponder, I ponder life with a new GM, a new coach, a new quarterback, several new parts, Declan Goff. I am doing it with one beer and one beer only. Surly Furious is the answer, um, and I think that there's a lot of people, at least I saw on my Twitter feed, who got themselves through the Green Bay debacle with a can or two or pay, or possibly three, drink responsibly, of Surly Furious. I, I got ready for the Sunday Night Football game. Uh, you sent me a picture of one. Uh, I uh, liked Right it. down the road from you. I was at, uh, I was at uh, uh, God, on St. Louis, what, what am I like? Tav. It was on Tavern? Where the hell? Park Tavern? Park Tavern. I was Park at Park Tavern. Park Tavern, right off of Louisiana, correct? Show us your taps, as I like to say. I had a yeah. nice surly tap furious there. Very nice. Get me ready for Sunday Night Football. So I'm glad I, to I, hear I, it. I had to have a couple of those. Uh, a couple other comments here, just looking ahead for the Vikings and also trying to figure out what the next move is. Uh, Joel says, Doug Peterson should be the top priority. The reason he was able to assemble a staff very connected would be very good replacement, and Spielman should be fired today. Ultimately, the product on the field is his baby. Uh, what, what do you think about Doug Peterson being the number one target, or priority target number one, at least as it sits right now on January 3rd? So I'm intrigued. Um, I'm intrigued by this, Declan. I, I go back and forth on this one. Because the name intrigues me, the success Certainly, in 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 having won a Super Bowl here intrigues me, but I also feel like it's sort of an easy name to pick. Okay, and so in my perfect world, this is why what I have set to pop next is not the coach. That's important too. Don't get me wrong, but it's the GM. I want to get a good young football mind GM, right? Personnel guy, coach guy who identifies like part of the problem that we've seen. Make no mistake. Part of the problem that we've seen, and it really probably starts largely with when Kirk was brought in, is two different paths, right? There's sort of the Rick path and the Mike path, and they clearly conflict. I want, at least for a few years, as as long as it's possible, given the potential egos at play, I want people that work in tandem together. And so, so before we say, well, just hire Doug because he knows what he's doing or he's had success while his name intrigues me. I think the thing that intrigues me most is that the GM hires the coach and hopefully has the ability to draft the quarterback that every, that these guys can be on the same page with. So I don't know that names are like the most important thing to me. I think the most important thing to me is the ability to meld things together mm-hmm. and to have an overseer an overseer of football operations that can do a thorough audit of the entire franchise right now and can get the right coach that is going to fit the plan the best. Because, like, we just fall in love with names. This guy had success or that guy had success, and I'm not saying that that's wrong, um, but... 
I think if you, I, Dex, I think if you fire Mike and you don't get Rick out of, of the GM chair, I don't know why I see this really changing. Like it might for a few years, but I'll go back to what I keep saying. I feel like the whole thing with the current lead administration has run its course. Yeah. I really do. And so like, oh, Rick should hire Doug and it'll be great again. That's an assumption. Yeah. I, I it, It's really easy to say fire the head coach and get Doug Peterson, get Kellen Moore, get, you know, whoever the hell it is. Right. But I think we really are forgetting the factoid of, is it Rick making that call? And is Rick still staying in charge? Yep. Because now you're, now you're talking about two different things. Like now you're talking about finding the next head coach and GM and who would be the interim, who would possibly even make the decision. So and that, who finds the quarterback? And who finds it? Like, <laughs> I don't trust Rick to find the quarterback. No. There's no way I do now. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, next question here. Let's, let's go with Mike. Some reckless speculation here. Actually, I'm sorry. Let me, uh, uh, Mike says the Vikings need to get radical. Are you ready for this one, Judd? Okay. They need to trade the following players. They need to trade Kirk. Okay. Thielen. Okay. Hitman. Daniil. And they need a center and two new guards. This is a rebuild whether fans want to hear it or not. We need an aggressive GM who will accumulate high draft picks on a consistent basis and get talent. I'm so sick and tired of this. We are family BS. No, you are professional football players, and you get paid millions of dollars to produce. What do you think of his reckless idea of trading Cousins, Thielen, Hitman, Hunter, and also finding uh, a few more offensive linemen to try to fix that up? So Cousins, I know, I, I believe if you can post date uh, Kirk Cousins trade from June 1st on, I believe if you do that, that that you suffer a dead money cap hit of 10 million and you save 35 mil. That's fantastic. Hunters do a huge bonus in March. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know that you can trade all of those guys without it, without it being a major problem. Now, if he's saying you have to release them to save cap space, which in some of those cases you definitely can, that's a different thing. Um, but I, this whole thing of, of, well, just take your veteran guys and trade them in this league is not, is not always a viable possible option. But if his grand point is you, you got to shake things up and move on from veterans, he's exactly right. It's football. It's football, man. This whole thing of, well, we're going to keep guys around. Like what? And I guess my question, Dex, is this. What's it gotten you in the last two years? You have, since you beat the Saints and lost to San Francisco in the 2019 playoffs, right? You have, um, I think you're seven and nine. And right now, currently the Saints. So you're 14 and 18. Mm-hmm. And you're going to miss the playoffs. Back-to-back years. So... So if you're saying, well, you've got it, you can't get rid of Harrison Smith, and you can't, you, Adam Thielen, are you kidding me? I got his jersey. I, I don't care. It's football. People have to go. You know, I'll come back to what, what I think I said on um, Purple Daily today, if I'm not mistaken, which is in 2022, Declan, K.J. Osborne has to play more, and he's got to get the ball more. Um, this whole thing of, well, he's a third guy, and he'll get the ball some. Thielen's still really good, and I like him, but K.J. Osborne needs to play. So if I if I have to jettison Thielen to get Osborne in more, and hopefully I can develop a third guy, 
then I need to work on on that. Like this is a this is a constantly fluid sport. All sports are fluid, but this one's constantly fluid. And guys age out of their careers constantly. So I like the idea of making changes. I don't know that I would get rid of the entire laundry list of guys that he has there, but I certainly would not be adverse to to the fact that just trying to bring them all back is a bad idea. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, another one from Daniel here. He says, keep Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, but everything else is up for sale. That goes from the bottom up. What about uh, keeping a no cut, no trade? These two guys, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson being our pillars, you're not moving them. No one, They are the only ones that are not for sale. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I would move. He's He is a running back who gets hurt a lot, misses time, and is phenomenal um, occasionally when he's playing. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very good. He's a running back. No way. The only guy, Jefferson, don't even ask about him. <laughs> like, he's mine. Great player. Love him. Um, But Cook? No. Cook goes in the same bin. I'm taking a long, hard look there. He's paid well. He's hurt a lot. He plays a position at which you get beat up badly. So, like, there's not... Uh, Dex, outside of Jefferson, and I'm trying to think beyond that, and I don't know. I guess, like, Brian O'Neill and, like... Yeah, Brian O'Neill's a good one to keep. And Derrissaw is young, and so... But, I mean, outside of that, like, core group, Mm -hmm. I'm going to examine anybody who's paid too much, I'm examining being gone. Yep. Uh, And I just, I mean, you can't not. You can't, but that's why Spielman can't be the one because he's not going to make the decisions that an outsider taking a new look would make. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to say, oh, I signed Dalvin. I mean, Dalvin's great. Okay, yes, but he's hurt all the time. He is. He's literally hurt all the time. Yeah. Uh, one more here because you and Pat Royce have talked about this. You were talking about an unchained today, and you, and you even hinted at this in training camp from last year. But Benjamin says the 2010 season was way more fun than this one, and that's a really sad thing. Actually, these last four years have been the least likable teams of memory. His <laughs> second part is accurate. In terms of from 2018 to now, yeah, the Kirk teams it's aren't. been a despicable bunch. It really the has. The Kirk teams aren't likable. The, the funny thing about like 2010, and you have a vast more knowledge on this than I do, I was, I was 18, so I was a senior in high school when all that was happening, so my fandom was also at a peak. You were obviously covering the team for the Star Tribune. That was so dysfunctional, it was like, it was comical like it was it yep. was comedically hilarious of all the events that's happened you and brian murphy and myself did an episode a four-part episode on this a year ago just kind of detailing the craziness that was that 2010 year but it's kind of sad that that 2010 season which was a six and ten year felt a lot more fun than this team which also had super bowl and high playoff aspirations and it just was a despicable group of people yeah um the 2010 season to me but i i to your point covered it it wasn't fun because it was so dysfunctional it was more dysfunctional than this this season has flat out just been disappointing um but the vikings haven't had so 2010 2016 to a certain degree as well but 2010 things happened to them that don't happen right literally the roof collapsed they had to play a home game in detroit they had to play a home game on an ice rink the coach who had led them to the NFC title game the previous season was fired in November. The level of dysfunction off that team has this team beat badly. Badly. 
the season's been a disappointment uh, because expectations, well, I don't think expectations going into 2021 were as high as 2010 because literally everyone thought they're going to run this thing back and go to the Super Bowl this time, which was obviously very flawed. Uh, but the whole Moss thing with that team, um, that that was more dysfunctional. And I think from an outsider's point of view, which I was not outside as far as a fan, um, it was probably more, it just became comically absurd. Yeah. This team, I, I mean, COVID problems aren't new. Each team has those. Yep. Injuries aren't new. So, like, I don't know that this team has these bizarre, I can't believe it. Uh, but, yes, this is this is probably as unlikable team as the Vikings have had in a long time. There were probably some 90s Denny teams that weren't likable as well. And I think that's I think that's the tone set there by Kirk. I think the tone is set by Kirk. I mean, he wasn't great, and he had a great year, but, you know, Case Keenum was damn likable. He's a likable character. He was, yeah. He's a likable guy. You yeah. liked him. You pulled for him. Pulling for Kirk is very difficult. It is. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to – and. You know, I've talked about this a lot, but I'll go back to this team to me is the wild Suter, Parisi, Zucker, that bunch. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's that team. It's the same thing. And and I think Kirk and Ryan are very much alike. I agree. Like like there's a polarizing, not likable, not super accountable. Um, I know what I'm doing. You really don't that. And and look, they're both very good players. So I'm not saying that they can't play, but I am saying personality-wise, I think they both fall short. I agree. I agree. Well, that's uh, that, that's comments from YouTube on our Purple Daily YouTube page. If uh, if you like what you're hearing, hit that subscribe button for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. And if you don't, do it too. And do it. Yeah, I mean, just hit the like button. We got over twenty thousand subscribers. We you're thank you. You got. We had a two-hour vent line session, the longest of the season. I think only the Cooper Rush debacle had, had a little more. Sore. My I, thoughts, I'm too. Well, my you wouldn't shut the hell up for my two hours. So I lot to say. You had a lot to say, and that's fine. We love How that. About Roycey telling me I didn't shut, shut up. The, you didn't that's shut up. Roycey. I wanted to hear more Pat, pissed off Vikings fans. Pat Roycey telling me I didn't sh- shut up is, is the ultimate. It's rich. That's when you know. That's when you know you didn't shut up. I, that's been. That's I, when you know deserve, you didn't They deserve what they got from me. Uh, Alex Boone tomorrow. Pie chart is also yep. posted on here. We got plenty of Vikings related content on Purple Daily. Hit the subscribe button too on Score North YouTube channel if you want additional Vikings and Minnesota sports entertainment for Judd Zolgad. I am Declan Goff. We'll be talking to you.